If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Coffee in California Politics every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. As we always do, we sit, we chat, we talk about California politics and national politics. We're going to talk a little bit about something that I think might get some feathers uh, a little bit ruffled today, um, but I think it's I think it's worth talking about. There's actually a lot to talk about this morning. Uh, specifically, last night we're going to talk about the uh, recall election that happened up in San Francisco. That three school board members got recalled overwhelmingly, um, not not by like a little bit, but like overwhelmingly in San Francisco. They recalled three school board members. Um, also, uh, noodles, really bad poll numbers and what that means, but, um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have Ray Perez on from yellow County Republican GOP, uh, GOP party. And we're going to talk about probably about what happens inside the GOP because there's a lot of stuff that I don't even really know about, um, and maybe how people can get involved and also like, why are they not just doing things better and um, stuff like that? Because you know me, I love to always call out the California GOP, which is probably a good reason why my account has never had any sort of issues with shadow bans or anything like that. Because, well, um, I call out the Republicans almost more than I call out Democrats. Well, I call out people who are just kind of hypocritical. That's my whole point. Anyway, so in other news, uh, yeah, there was the big win this week, which I believe will be going live later today on Instagram um, about the Major Williams lawsuit, what happened. If you don't know what happened, we're going to talk about it on the live later. Basically, Major Williams sued uh, three women for critiquing him online and on social media. They reached out to me and said, hey, we're getting sued. And I said, uh, can't do that. This is a pretty straightforward case of anti-slap. And... Lo and behold, the judge agreed with us 100%, ordered Major Williams to pay all attorney's fees over the, the amount of like over $9,000. But we'll talk about that later in a whole separate live. So there'll be, there'll be the, the major T will be later is what I'm going to say. Um, the first topic I want to talk about, and I want to try and get through this stuff as much as possible because I've noticed, uh, as far as I know, yeah, he's still running. Someone asked if he's still running. Yeah, uh, I think he's pretending like he's still running. Basically, I don't know if he's uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think um he got 9 signatures uh to get on the ballot, so you know, huge support for Major Williams. Uh 9 whole legit signatures, but anyway, we'll talk about that later on the live. I don't know if we're going to announce that or, or how we're going to do that, but I think we're going to do it this afternoon. Uh the topic I want to talk about and kick off today, and then we'll talk about the recall and the bad poll numbers and what that means. And we'll probably talk about that more on the podcast tomorrow night, always on YouTube. If you don't subscribe to the podcast, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. Anyway, let's get going. Been rambling enough, you know, let me take another sip of coffee. This week was the Super Bowl. Now, how many people actually watch the Super Bowl? I watch the Super Bowl. I enjoy the Super Bowl, um, mostly because it gives me an excuse to uh, cook. I love to cook. Uh, this year I smoked a whole pork butt and made some delicious pulled pork. I made chicken wings. I made smoked queso. Uh, it gives me a good excuse to fire up the old smoker and, and barbecue a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, I love it. So that's the excuse that I use. I like the Super Bowl. Um, I'm sure you're drinking tea. Um, I enjoy it. I don't get caught up in the whole political, non-political stuff like that. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a popular event. Me not watching is not going to really change anything. So we watch. It's a good it's a good excuse to have family and friends over, just eat like pigs and just sit around, drink beer and all that stuff um, and have a good time. Now, I know everyone got a little bent out of shape, and I had posted earlier this week about two different specific things. One, Breitbart, for some reason, got bent out of shape um, about The Rock and his like cringeworthy intro. Yeah, it was cringeworthy. He was trying to like mix a whole bunch of different things together. He was trying to do his like the rock is back. Like if you're a fan of WWF, I call it WWF. I refuse to call it WWE. Um, when I grew up, it was WWF. 
uh, you know, the whole The Rock persona, he tried to do that whole thing. And then he did like a Michael Buffer sort of thing. And then he tried to like put in these whole different things. And it, it did come off weird. I'm not going to. Okay, but that's weird. It's, you know, we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, and then Breitbart came out with this thing about how that was really cringeworthy. Why? Well, like, what, what does that do to move the needle in my world um, in terms of politics? And we know Breitbart has a specific slant. We, we're not trying to sit here and pretend like Breitbart is some neutral news organization. In fact, I would, I, I'm pressed to say that there's any really neutral news organizations anymore. I think most of them are slanted one way or the other. They all have some sort of agenda or what they're trying to do. Um, whether it is they're trying to add more conservative news or more left-leaning news. So that's one issue. Then the, uh, the second issue was the whole Eminem kneeling. Now, I'm going to say, and I, I might not, I might get some pushback and people may say, whatever, call me a rhino, but whatever. That doesn't hurt me. Doesn't it bounces right off me. I don't care if you call me a rhino. Uh, I thought the halftime show was really good. I thought it was one of the best I've seen in a long time. I thought it was fun. It was it was good. It was the music. It was straight to the point. Uh, it was it wasn't super over the top. I just thought it was really good. Um, some people got really offended um, because he knelt he knelt or something. And in the moment, I didn't sit there and go, "Oh, he's kneeling." Uh, you know, he's kneeling because he, he, he's protesting like Colin Kaepernick or something like that. Quick turn off the Super Bowl. I didn't see it like that. I was just like, oh, I thought because it was like they were giving each other the spotlight and like, um, like at one point, like it was Snoop Dogg had the spotlight and then it was like Dre had the, this, the, the spotlight. Um, and then Dre did his little piano thing, which, um, uh, was pretty cool. He did his little piano, uh, intro, um, and everyone sort of was just giving each other the spotlight. So I thought maybe it was just a way of him to be like, I'm kneeling because I want the focus on you. Or maybe we're honoring Tupac because it was right before or they did California or something like that. The, the song California Love. Anyway, the point of the matter is, is that it became this whole thing on social media that Eminem was kneeling. Um, and people started to make a whole big issue about it. And this is stuff to me that that drives me nuts about the culture wars. And I think it's kind of the best way to really describe the best way to really analyze it or analogize it is um, Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football. The left has become very, very good at ginning up a lot of faux outrage from the right over a lot of cultural issues. And in doing so, what they do is they gin up all this anger and faux outrage and people get really upset and they're like, oh, oh my gosh, he was kneeling. Oh my God, you know, like we got to get really riled up about this and, and pretend like it's a big political thing. And then all of a sudden people on the left point and go, oh, you, you look kind of dumb because it wasn't about that at all. Um, and this happens a lot. It happens a lot with cultural issues, straight cultural issues and conservatives or people more on the right fall for it pretty much all the time. And especially here in California, it becomes almost a losing battle. And the reason I say that is because it distracts from the real point of what you're trying to do. Um, it's the red herring that really gets you focused on something that doesn't really matter. Um, if you're in a, and, and I say that in terms of people will say, well, it does matter. It, it does really matter. Sure. There's some issues that do matter. But in terms of politics, if you're in the arena of politics, your goal is one thing, to win seats, right? That's the whole goal. The whole goal is for you to win a seat. And then it's for you to win a majority of the seats. And then it's for you to win statewide seats. That's the goal of politics. There's really no other goal of politics besides to win seats. Like, um, at the end of the day, it's like, Every team, every sports ball team's goal is to win a championship. It's not to make a good showing. It's to win a championship. And in politics, it's all about winning seats and winning the majority of seats and then being able to accomplish your agenda that voters have put you in for because you believe this is what's best for the country. And the left has really become very good at moving this cultural football 
out of the way when, when Charlie Brown comes to kick it. And they'll set it up and they kind of throw out this stuff that they know is going to get conservatives and Republicans really, really upset. And they know it's really going to get them upset to the point where they go, oh, I have to make a whole big deal about this and, and, and clutch my pearls about it. I mean, like Charlie Kirk um, had this tweet about the Super Bowl is now the monopoly on sexual anarchy or something like that. And I was like, I was like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, it's a football game. And there was a halftime show. Like, I, and it wasn't even like that, that like, since it wasn't like it was Lady Gaga or Britney Spears or something like that. It was like Mary J. Blige was, that was it. Like, that was probably it. Um, so I don't understand what he was talking about with this like sexual anarchy. And that's stuff that like, you're playing into the left's hands. You're playing into their hands. And it, it, it it's defeating and it doesn't work in the end because... Um, well, because it, it, it pigeonholes you and it does exactly what they want you to do. You fall for it. You fall for the faux outrage. And then they get to say, well, remember that one time you, you faked outrage over Eminem kneeling and it had nothing to do with anything because you're so sensitive about this issue. Well, that's what you think. And it becomes like you are giving them the ammunition that they are going to end up using against you over the long run. Um, and I think especially here, bringing it back to really California, why a lot of this really doesn't do anything or doesn't really move the needle that much is because at the end of the day, I, I think California is culturally diverse enough that trying to fight one cultural battle over another is kind of a losing, it's a losing battle overall because our culture is so diverse in California. There's no denying that. It's it, California is a diverse state, and I know people don't like the word diversity because it's a triggering word, but it's a diverse state. There's a lot of people from different countries who moved here from all over the country uh, who didn't grow up here, but maybe some people did grow up here. It's it's very diverse, you know, and we have to recognize that if you push one cultural norm over another, what happens is you alienate voters. And if you're, again, if you are in the realm of trying to win political seats, because that's your goal in politics, is to win political seats and to win then a majority of political seats, you're already losing. You're shooting yourself in the foot because you are alienating people. And that's why I think the culture wars and the culture battles are stuff that, in reality, it should almost be really ignored. Yeah, they try and push it. Yeah, they try and push it on multimedia. They try and push it on every... You go on YouTube. They're pushing it everywhere, right? But you don't fight it necessarily on this big global scale or this big national scale. You fight it where you know you can change the narrative and you can make a difference by winning local seats, by winning school board seats, by changing the curriculum, by changing the agenda, these are things that you have to do to eventually achieve your agenda. Now, if you want to fight this cultural battle all by yourself or with a group of people for a wholly separate reason outside of politics, go right ahead. Be my guest. You can do that. In the United States of America, you can have that belief that I'm going to fight for this cultural norm or I want this cultural norm to... Um, be what I think is the standard. Um, and that could be what you do. Now, obviously, when you get into things about like superior races, that's that shouldn't be accepted or tolerated at all. Um, but it, that you're you can't mix these culture wars in politics, not here in California, that's for sure. And conservatives fall for it and they fall for it all the time and they 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 post about it and it goes viral and um, it gets to a point where you go, this is so cringe. Like, why do we care about this? This doesn't really matter. This doesn't make a difference. Like your culture is maybe different than mine. And I may have a different culture, but we can still like agree on certain common sense principles of affordable living in the sense of you can buy a house in California. Uh, let's make utilities more affordable. 
let's approach energy with an all the above sort of mentality so that one, it's competitive and it brings rates down and we get to see who really wins in the alternative energy battle. Um, We need to make sure our neighborhoods are safe and that crime is a big issue right now. Those are things that like those are things that most people will agree on. Those are things that I would bet you in most races in California, you could get 51% of the voters to agree with that platform and vote for you. That's it. If you just say, look, I want to try and introduce legislation that doesn't make housing so hard to build so we can get more affordable housing, increase supply, which would obviously help with the prices. I want to introduce some sort of legislation that will encourage more alternative fuel sources, whether it's nuclear energy or solar energy, like everything. Let's just try everything and see what works. What's the most successful? Let the free market determine that. Um, And, you know, those things, let's let's create, let's revamp Prop 47. In fact, let's just repeal it altogether and bring back tougher penalties for a lot of this stuff because crime has really gotten out of hand. Um, So those are things that I believe that you could get 51% in California you could get 51% of most districts, most areas, and most places to uh, agree with you and elect you. And that's why I say the culture war really doesn't make a big difference. Out of that platform, you don't really hear anything about the culture. You don't hear about someone's idea of like, oh, let's, uh, let's push this cultural norm or let's push this thing. You don't hear that. Because in in reality, it's not about winning this culture war when it comes to politics. It's about trying to get people to win these seats so that you have a majority so that you can win an agenda. That's the bottom line. And it's really kind of self-defeating to push a culture war that's going to push other people out, that's going to push people who don't agree with you out. And at the end of the day, you're going to continue to lose seats. And um, so... That's that's uh, that's my point of view on why the culture war. That's why the culture battles and stuff like that is not a winning, especially here in California. I don't think it's a winning issue. And I think you just people will say, well, how do you how do you not get involved? How do you not make a stand? I think you don't even acknowledge it. Right. And I think the insults are starting to wear thin. I think they're they, they've overused the whole uh God, I was listening to Dave Smith on on Megyn Kelly's podcast this morning, and they had a good term. I couldn't remember it. Something now about the cultural arrows or something or cultural ammo. Um, But anyway, the the stuff that like Justin Trudeau said where he's like, oh, they're racist, they're bigots, they're misogynist. Like that always seems to be their knee jerk reaction of whenever someone disagrees with them, they go, well, you obviously are a racist, a bigot. And you you just don't even ignore it because one, the minute you have to agree or, or or try to apologize and say, well, I'm and defend yourself, then you're already out and they've already played the culture war card and you've lost and all that. So I think you just ignore it. I think you just say the best way to do it, the best way to respond, in my opinion, is someone who comes out and does these personal cultural war attacks is you just go, look, my opponent is obviously lobbying baseless claims because he doesn't want to get down to real solutions. And I'm here for real solutions. So let's focus on those solutions that are going to help all Californians. And just don't even let the don't even let it sink in. Just say, look, I'm not here to fight your culture war. I'm here to make solutions for California. That's the bottom line. And I bet you it's not as hard when you start to think about it that way. When you start to think like, oh, I think 51% of people can agree on these issues and these basic things that we all want here in California or most of us want in California and that we can get 51% in most of these districts. All of a sudden, changing California doesn't seem that hard because you can go, well, we just run here and win. We run here and win. We start to break the supermajority and we win. And who knows? In five to 10 years, you know, what, what? What do we always say? Progress to purple. Would you take if in five years from today, if, uh, you know, in God, I'm really bad at 2027. Uh, that's why I was a lawyer. I was, and I was never good at math. Um, 
if if in 2027 California was a purple state and was a battleground state, would you take it? And most people would say absolutely. Um, so, and that's how you got to do it. You, you just got to ignore it and um, not fall for it. When it comes to the political realm, you can't really you can't really fall for it and you got to just kind of ignore it. And the culture wars are sort of, you you just got to put them aside. Um, so that's my, my little rant on that. going to take a sip of coffee now. I saw Carmen commenting. I'm sorry, Carmen. I I didn't go back and let me see if I can get your, your points. Problem is they, uh, conservatives wouldn't have to fight the culture war politically if the left didn't do it daily. We have no choice because they're using politics to brainwash our children now in schools and media. Right. So um, in that case, that's, again, where you have to go in and, and vote out the people and the school board and you have to show up and win. And it's not necessarily fighting a culture war. It's about getting people to agree on a standard of what you think education should be, not what it should be. Um, and yeah, they're going to push, they're going to push stuff like CRT and all that stuff. Um, and they're going to try and say that. And it, again, it is sort of a trap. They want you to argue with them about CRT because they want to label you as a racist and they want to say, well, you don't want CRT because you are a racist. Again, ignore the, just ignore it and just bat it away um, and say, no, I believe that we should have a standard of education that focuses on these things. And I think this doesn't really help our children when it comes to what they're trying to do, which is, I don't know, learn reading, writing, math, all that stuff so that these children grow up so that America is still competitive years and generations from now. Um, I mean, we're not definitely not the smartest country anymore by educational standards. We're falling far behind a lot of other countries when it comes to educational issues. And we just, because we focus on stuff like this. Um, so I think that's where you have to go to the school board and you have to say, just don't focus on it. You just got to go to the school board and say, look, this is the standard. I believe this is what we should do. Now, speaking of school boards, I'm going to mention this real quick. Late last night, this was this came across the wire, if you didn't see. Um, three members of the local school board were ousted in the city's first recall election in 40 years. This was in San Francisco. Um those members also happen to be the only three with long enough tenure to be recalled, and there are already rumblings of a fourth member gaining the axe soon enough. That's a lot of people. Uh, the landslide decision means board president Gabriela Lopez and members Allison Collins and Fuaga Maliga will officially be removed from office and replaced by mayoral appointments, which is uh, you know not great because you have London Breed who's going to replace him. Uh, the new board members are likely to take office in mid-March. Uh, the three were the only, uh, the recall divided the city for the past year with a grassroots effort of frustrated parents and community members pushing for the trustees removal over the slow reopening of schools during the pandemic and the board's focus on current controversial issues like renaming 44 school sites and ending the merit-based admission. Uh, while the far left chronicle disguised the recall as having divided the city, the results say otherwise. The vote to recall reached at least 72% in all ballot measures. So, yeah, that's that's not even close. Um, that's not even like that's not even like it was close and it came down to the wire. Like that's a blowout that they got rid of all three of these these different school board members. Um, I think let's see the re- the reason for the recall was driven by the board's refusal to reopen schools in a timely manner and the fact that during the pandemic the far left members chose to focus on renaming racist schools instead of handling the crisis at hand. So here you go. People got fed up because of the culture war and be or not because of the culture war because their school board members weren't doing what they were supposed to. And they went in and recalled them and they voted them out and especially in San Francisco to get that big of an overwhelming vote is a sort of parent. It's a big sign that there is a parental revolt coming on. And I I wholeheartedly believe that parents are going to be the drivers of this. And I think they've gone a little too far 
uh, when it came out that I think I, I think it they're going to go a little too far with pushing with making kids the pawn of a lot of their agenda. Um, Gummy Bear, who's who's really interesting to to follow on Twitter, if you follow on Twitter or you're on Twitter, um, he posted something about how in Germany, I think, or, or maybe it's in Germany, they have a poster that says, uh, are they your children or are they climate killers? Basically saying, like, don't have kids because they're going to hurt climate change. I think they skipped a couple steps in the psychological conditioning to go from COVID to your kids belong to us now. And I think they overplayed their hands. Um, they overplayed, they overstepped their boundaries. And uh, at the end of the day, a lot of these mom and papa bears are not going to put up with it. They're not going to sit here and let the state tell them how to run their lives and run their children. Um, and I think they overstepped and, and it, you're seeing it. You're seeing it play out. You're seeing the fact that in Virginia, they have a Republican governor and a Republican lieutenant governor and a Republican attorney general because that became the driving issue. That might become the driving issue this year, to be completely honest, is children and how children were treated and the fact that they are not allowed to unmask today, that they are still ordered to mask because the teachers union is obviously more interested in, I don't know why, keeping masks on the kids. Um, Doesn't really seem to make any sense to me, but the teachers union says goes because they donate a crap ton of money to noodles in his campaign. But that may become the driving force. If, if this works in San Francisco, where parents are coming out and voting out these school board members in an enormous margin, huge margin, huge margin, um, that gives you hope that the rest of the state could probably start to rally behind a lot of these parent-focused initiatives. And I, I think they, they've awoken a sleeping giant when it comes to all these parents and how they, they keep screwing with the kids. For some reason, they keep screwing with kids and they keep thinking that this is going to work. Um, but that was good news last night. Uh, whenever your parents get involved, you know, like like I've, I've been saying, the people, the a, a lot of people on the front lines here in California are a lot of badass moms, the BAMs that I like to call them, who have been really kind of on the front lines, organizing, being a voice, fighting against a lot of this tyranny and stuff like that. So the BAMs, the BAMs are coming. So be careful of the BAMs. They're they're going to be taken over. Um, you are welcome. Thank you to all the BAMs for doing what you do. All right, last story, and then we'll go into sort of the open chat. Um, this new Berkeley poll came out about noodles. And let's see. Uh, concerns about rising crime. This is the LA Times. Concerns about rising crime in California's seemingly intractable homelessness crisis emerged as the top political undercurrents, driving voter dissatisfaction with most of the survey, giving Newsom poor marks on how he has handled these issues. Those issues. Um, let's see. Uh, you see a lot of changing going on in the public's mind. I think they're focusing less on COVID, more on the other long-standing issues that the state has been facing. The state has some major issues, and he's the governor. The buck stops there. So let's see. Uh, rating Newsom or Noodles on issues, and this was the result of the poll. On homelessness, he got 66% said he's doing poor or very poor. Uh, on crime, 51% say he's doing poor or very poor. On education, 43%, which is, yeah, it just, yeah, it's not really the plurality. Um, 43% say he's doing poor or very poor. So basically, he's doing poor or very poor on a lot of things. And homelessness and crime seem to be the top two things. Uh, top challenger. Republican state Senator Brian Dolly, um, who I will forgive you if you don't really know who he is because he's super popular up in Northern California, but he's not super popular really anywhere else. Um, so yeah, looks like he, he's fairly, but as I, as I pointed out the other day, 
it doesn't really change if he's doing this badly, if the Republicans or any other party for that matter, libertarians included, don't really put out a better solution. And you can't just be the contrarian party and you can't just sit and whine about it. Um, James Gallagher was the first person I saw who actually tweeted like in response to this poll, he said, look, here's what assembly Republicans are going to do. We're going to put forward a bill that will change prop 47 that will reinstitute a lot reinstitute a lot of tougher penalties and i was like great that's a solution that's something that we can hold on to and people can say hey look the republicans are doing something Uh, rather than just a random tweet of well we don't like this yeah we, we all don't like this but at the end of the day like give us a solution so bad polling for noodles three school board members out um, things are happening in California. If you don't believe so, this is just more signs. So with that said, I like to give you guys plenty of time to, to chat because a lot of times I, I ramble on a little bit too much. So I like to open up the, the, the chat or com- if you have any comments about what I've been talking about, let me know in the chat. If you have any questions or there's any topics you want me to discuss and we can discuss it right now. Because that's the point of coffee in California politics is to open it up so that we can discuss, we can sit and chat with each other. Thank you to everyone who's been buying the California Underground mug. Um, so uh, help support the platform. Uh, really trying to up the game this year. Uh, get a, a you know professional studio so we can have people come in to the studio. Um, you know, I think that's the best way to do it as much as I love the, uh, as much as I love the, the stream yard and stuff like that, there is no real kind of, there's real no substitute for sitting in a room with someone and actually having a conversation. It's kind of much better major time. Now we're going to talk about major later. I think so. If Camille's still on the, uh, on the live, I think we're going to do it later. Uh, somebody asked, do you think AB 1993 has a chance of passing? Let me look that one up. I'm sorry. I get really bad at the numbers. Is that the requiring employees? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's the employment. Existing law establishes the Department of, let's see, history. What is going on with this? Uh it's going to be heard in committee on March 13th. So it's been introduced, but it has not been, um, it has not gone through committee yet. So hopefully it gets enough pushback like it did last time, which was really crucial to why they backed off of it. So when it comes time for the vote, I'll definitely make sure that I post the news about it. And you can call into your state assemblyman or your state senator and let them know that you don't approve of this. Flood the phone lines because that worked last time. When you flood the phone lines and it looks like it's going to be really unpopular, um, then, yeah, we, we, as you could see, there was an example this past fall where people pushed back on this by, by flooding the phone lines and it worked, so... I think a lot of people are worried about that. For example, it even says like independent contractors. So for my my line of work, yeah, I own my own business, so I don't have to require myself to be vaccinated. That would be dumb. Like I'm the boss, so I can do whatever I want. Um, but what if they say like, well, every business has to prove every employee is vaccinated to the state? What if that happens? What what? And I work all by myself. They're also asking independent contractors to prove that they are vaccinated for whoever they're working for. Um, and that, yeah, there's, there's jobs. I work with other attorneys. I am an independent contractor. I work with them on stuff. I'll help them with cases. I'll help them with work. Um, I'm an independent contractor. Does that mean I have to let them know? Does that really make a difference? Because I work all by myself in an office and, everything I do as an independent contractor is all virtual. Do you need to see a vaccination status for me as an independent contractor? I have a virtual assistant who works somewhere remotely. I have virtual paralegals who work remotely. Um, does that mean that, does that that mean I have to get their vaccination status? I never see them. I never come in contact with them, but this is just a way for them to, 
again, they're trying to, to, to use private businesses to be the police of a lot of their mandates and a lot of their stuff that's not popular because they know they don't really have the ability to do so otherwise. So they figure, well, we can put pressure on the private businesses and they'll do it. So again, it hasn't made it to committee yet. It's, it's just getting through. I'm glad people are already paying attention to it. That's awesome. I'm glad people are up on this. Um, but when, uh, you just won, you just won our case without ever being the same. Yeah. I, I, I won that. I helped those. I, I helped the girls with that case. We never met in the same room. So, um, everything was done virtually. Uh, sadly, we never got to have like a celebration afterwards, um, about it, but we'll definitely keep an eye on it. And when it comes up for a vote, when it comes to the assembly floor, that's the time when you want to flood the the phone lines and push back and call up your state assemblyman and say like, look, I don't approve of this. I don't. If you're a business owner, say I don't approve of this. I'm not going to enforce it. So, um, and just push back. So, let's see. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Melissa Melendez. Um, I think she's termed out this year, but I think um, it'd be great if she ran. Why doesn't she run for governor? Poll workers will, some places, poll workers will be required to have vaccine. Um, I know in LA. Is Assemblywoman Megan Dolly related to Brian Dolly? I don't know. I have no idea. What are the odds of getting Fletcher off his seat? Uh, it's going to be a tall order. I mean, Amy, I, I've had conversations. Um, she's been on the podcast. Uh, she's a fighter. So that's for sure. She is definitely a fighter. Um, she's going to have to get a lot of backing. She's going to have to do a lot of stuff. And, uh, I, I think the one piece of advice that I would have for, for Amy, as I would have for basically any Republican running in California, focus on the issues, focus on what makes, what it really matters to people. You know, I know, uh, Fletcher, again, he likes to throw the culture war stuff out. He likes to say, oh, you know, they have their right wing extremists and they're racist and they're big and whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, because that's all he knows how to do. Um, him and his his wonderful wife, who are both the biggest bullies in California politics, and I'm I'm not I'm not apologetic about it. They're they're just bullies. They're straight up bullies. Um, but I think she's got to focus on the issues. She's got and she's got to go out and meet people. You got to go out. You got to walk districts. Um, and most of the time, if you walk, two things: you get a good platform that everybody can really get behind. That whole fifty one percent platform of like, yeah, like we, we all agree with this. This is good stuff. We want to be a part of this, you know, go to the restaurants, go to the restaurants in Nathan Fletcher's district and go like, Hey, I'm running to unseat Nathan Fletcher. Remember that. Um, remember when he closed down your businesses for all these times, remember that, um, you know, it would have been great if her announcing press conference was in front of like a bubs or something, uh, because she could have had like bubs and like the owner of bubs and maybe some, uh, some employees and be like, look, these people who have been, they, they went through the ringer. They, they did everything to survive. And Nathan Fletcher never missed a paycheck. Um, I want to make sure you can keep your business open, stuff like that. So that's my advice, uh, is focus on the issues and you have to go door to door and you have to go out and talk to independents and you have to probably talk to maybe some moderate Democrats as well to get people out there. So yeah, it's going to be a hard slog, but she's, she could do it. She's just got to, uh, you, you know, it, it's going to be a hard slog, but it's got to be a lot of grassroots. Do we know when this is up for a vote in assembly? You just got to keep an eye on it. Um, again, you can go to ledgeinfo.legislator.ca.gov. It's easier if you just duck, duck, go California legislator. Legis- just DuckDuckGo, California Legislative Information, and there's a whole page where you can find this stuff, uh, and you can set up uh, an account, and you can track the bill, and the bill will, they'll tell you, like, hey, it's going up for a vote then, and once you know that, great, you can start to tell people, so. Uh, I think we must reach Latinos to turn Cali red. We are the key for the future. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've said that plenty of times. I think that there is a, if I was the head of the California GOP right now, if you put me in the position right now with the millions of dollars they have to spend, 
I'd be reaching into the Asian and Latino communities right now and just bombarding them and saying like, look, you know, let's, let's register those voters. Let's, you agree on a lot of our platforms. You're entrepreneurial. A lot of you are religious. A lot of you are geared towards traditional family. Um, and those fit with the platform. Again, people vote with their values. People vote values first and then sort of policy second. And then behind that is like the details. Like people don't really care about the details of how you get things done. They get the they vote for the values. And again, that's why the left plays this culture war is because they want you to think, oh, if you vote for us, we're good people because we talk about these cultural things. And by proxy, if you vote for us, you're going to be a good person, too. And people people do fall for it. They're like, hey, I I do agree. And uh, yeah, I'm going to vote for you. Um, But Republicans got to get better at fighting on values. You know, they got to get better on saying what their values are, connecting with voters based on those shared values and getting them to support them. Um, and a lot of times they're just, they're not very good at that stuff. They talk about weird things like, you know, I don't know, this one guy got up at the central committee meeting. He was the first guy who popped up and he said, well, I'm running for Congress uh, because I want to go to Washington DC and I want to stop the spread of communism. Yeah. And I was like, wow, really? Uh, boy, you really, uh, what do they call it? You really workshopped that idea, didn't you? That was a hell of a line that you came out with. People don't really care about that. They want to care about like whether they can put food on the table, whether they can retire, whether they can afford a house, whether they can send their kids to a good school. Those are things people care about. And we got to stop focusing on all the extraneous stuff that they we get all kind of get our panties in a bunch about. So uh, do, 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 do. Um, let's see any other comments. <laughs> now you need a safe space. Uh, yeah, Melissa Melendez is up this year. She should run. Why doesn't she run? Go, go for it, Melissa. You know, um, do you think we'll see a Supreme court ruling on the vaccine mandates? Uh, it depends because like, <laughs> Um, oh, thank you, Unfiltered Patriot, for putting up the link. Exactly. That's the link if you want to go find it. Um, what was the question? I just missed it. Do you think this, it has to depend on whether or not there's a case that's trying to make its way up to the Supreme Court? Uh, the issue is a lot of state stuff will stay at the state. Um, so here in California, if it goes up to the California Supreme Court, don't expect it to get any sort of pushback. Um, it would, it would have to be like a federal issue, like with OSHA. And that was something that a lot of people were kind of confused about when it came to this new bill, AB 1993, was a lot of people were like, well, they're not listening to the Supreme Court ruling. Supreme Court ruling was only about OSHA and whether or not OSHA had the ability to do so. Supreme Court said OSHA does not have that ability. They've never been delegated that duty. Um, they should never have that ability. The, the dissent or the concurrence said they should never really have that power. Um, that's what that was about. It was specifically about OSHA. So it didn't change the fact whether the legislature here in California can actually make it a law and require businesses, which is um, could be a whole nother battle. It could be a whole nother thing that people are likely going to sue over that businesses are going to get behind and say, well, I'm not going to do this and you're, you can't make a business do this. Um, but it won't, it won't get to like the U S Supreme court. Um, let's see. Beep, 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 boo. Both sides are too dramatic. Yep. That's for sure. The, the, they, well, because you know, they, they, um, they want to make it, um, they, they, I mean, being like, I don't know, being dramatic is what gets people to, pay attention really i mean that's why when you turn on like talk radio is you hear a lot of yelling and you hear a lot of people getting really emotional because they want you to tune in oh you know what what's so emotional and they have to get emotional about something the messaging is always off yep you got that right propaganda fluent um that's a good that's a good name for that to go along with that message the left scares latinos into voting democrat even though their values align more with conservatives absolutely 
and again, you, you said the key word, which is values, right? It's values. It's really about values. And they get sidetracked and the left throws a whole bunch of flack and stuff in the air. It's like, oh, you're racist, you're bigot, you hate brown people and stuff like that. In reality, it's it's just, hey, we just want to, these are things we want to do. And we believe that you you agree with our values and you should give us a shot. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of good com- people running for Congress who I've talked to. And they always say that one of the biggest things is Republicans just don't show up in neighborhoods. Um, or like Cobracado, who I had on, he's running for state assembly. He said he went to certain neighborhoods and they said he, he talked to people and they were like, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. And they agreed with his values and everything he stood for. And they're like, you're a Republican? He goes, yeah, I'm a Republican. I'm, I'm, I'm running for state assembly. I love your vote. And they go, you know, I'm, I'm, nobody's ever showed up to our neighborhood. No one's ever talked to us about their values and why that works. Wow, look at that. Just by going there, you all of a sudden, you're, you're building something. Um, let's see. My in-laws don't agree with leftists at all, but they continue to support them. I don't get it. Because they don't. they haven't really... That's another thing. Um, I don't know if we, we talked about this last week. Yeah, I think we talked about this last week about the, the whole Spanish language, how kudos to the Libertarian Party of California has an entire Twitter feed dedicated to Spanish speakers. Kudos to them. That's awesome. The fact that the California GOP has nothing, no like Spanish language Twitter or any sort of outreach is frankly disgusting like it's just it's just so bad and forget the fact that they can't get a a freaking banner to work on their website when you're trying to find out where do i buy tickets to your convention you go to click on it nothing happens i i I, you want to reach out to latinos and you want to reach out to the latino community but you don't actually try and reach out to the latino community because you're afraid some some boomer con is going to be all like, oh, we speak English in this country, so you better speak English and don't speak that Spanish. It's like, okay, bro, like, you, you go do you. But boomer cons, I think, are holding a lot of this back. So sorry if you're, I'm sorry if you're a baby boomer. I, I don't, if you're, if you're on this page, <laughs> you're obviously not one of those people. I think you're more free, open-minded. I want to know my boys can buy houses here one day. Yeah, right now, I, I, if you have kids, do you honestly think like your kids have an opportunity to buy a house here in California by the time they're old enough? Like, probably not. Like, by the time they're old enough to buy a house, they probably won't have the ability to buy a house here in California, and the American dream will effectively be dead. Um, and that may be a winning issue. Um, uh, you know, sorry if I pronounce your name Talitha and Jesus. Um, but that's a great point. You can make that. I mean, we saw how well that works when it came to like school boards in San Francisco. Really, that should be the focus is that we're not building a California that is going to help your children. Bottom line, like kids are your kids are not going to be able to afford a house in California and you won't be able to pass on anything. So. The American dream, you you know, California is ruining the American dream for your children. And a lot of parents will probably look at that and go, "Eh, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to give my kids the best life they possibly can. So let's see. Do, 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 do. We let every little thing distract us. Yeah, that's for sure. Regular people don't pay attention. Yeah, they don't pay attention because... I mean, yeah, the people who are on here on a Wednesday morning who are listening to me ramble on about politics here in California, you care. Um, but it does start somewhere, and it does have to start with some impetus, and it does have to start with someone reaching out, and it does have to start with people talking. About, like, the fact that the podcast economy, and, and you know, Joe Rogan's a big part of it, but there's a lot of big-name podcasters out there who are doing great work who are spreading a lot of information, a lot of people are tuning in. It shows there is this desire for people to pay attention to what's going on, but in a different alternative media. Um, I was just listening to a really good podcast yesterday with Tim Pool, um, and he had on Thomas Massey and Marjorie Taylor Greene. 
Now I'll give you, I'll I'll admit I, for the longest time I thought Marjorie Taylor Greene was this kind of Looney Tune, and but I heard her on Tim Pool, and she explained stuff, and I said she sounds pretty rational to me, and and the stuff she was talking about, I was like, yeah, she's aggressive and she's a firebrand, but the stuff she says is is pretty darn spot on. Um, so, but I would, but the point is, is that there's people going to these different alternative media and they're finding out stuff that they may have never thought of before. So are there a lot of people out there and it starts somewhere. It has to start with conversations where people hear it and go, wow, you know that I never thought that way. And now all of a sudden their thinking changed a little bit. Now they go talk to someone else and it starts to spread. I mean, that's how the American revolution started was a bunch of people just sort of passing along pamphlets. You know, they were, they were, they were the original memesters and they were, um, you know, sending memes around and they were meeting in pubs and that was basically it. So, um, isn't that the same thing? Joe Collins said, how conservative cans don't go into the suburb cities. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Joe Collins said. Joe Collins, if you, if you know my feelings about Joe Collins, I have a whole video on, on Joe Collins. Um, how do you handle libs from hijacking conservative message? Um, well, we've talked about this before. And the thing is, is when you frame your argument and people try to argue within your frame, they lose 99% of the time right? Because you own that argument. When you frame an argument, you own that argument. And when people try to argue within your frame, they lose because they're trying to use your language, which by extension of them using your language, um, they are pressing more of your language. So it's like you set the frame and when you have a good frame for your argument, it doesn't matter if they try and hijack it because it's going to sound unnatural and it doesn't work. So that's how I would say, but you have to come up with a frame here in California. Conservatives don't have a frame. Their frame is we just hate noodles and we don't like them. And, uh, here's us complaining about them. That's their frame. That's not much to go off of. That's not really going to get a lot of people. Not a lot of people are looking at, that's the thing about that poll is, yeah, there's a lot of people who are, are kind of upset about him with homelessness and crime. There's no alternative. Like, and that's why Democrats continue to dominate. There's no alternative. There's no legitimate alternative here in California because the Republican Party is becoming a shell of its former self. And it's literally not doing anything. It's, it's just kind of a useless party that is just there for show. Um, so what, where are they going to go? What are they going to do? They're going to vote for somebody. They're going to vote, vote for Brian Dolly. No, they're not going to vote for Brian Dolly of all people. They're going to vote for probably going to either just abstain from voting. They're just going to say, well, I don't like Newsom, so I'm not going to vote for him and I'm not going to vote. And then you've lost voters. You could be activating these voters, right? Like you have a lot of really frustrated people that you could be activating that people that are frustrated and they're looking for an alternative because they said things are really off the, the they're going off the rails here in California. And I want to, I want change. I want something I can, you know, change you can believe in. Uh, like, like Obama said, change you can believe in. Um, but there is no alternative. And that's the problem that is that there's no fun. There, there's no framing of any of these arguments to, to really go out and reach voters. Republicans have been made to out to be the racist boogeyman by mainstream propaganda. I heard an interesting point. I and I think I'm gonna um change. You know, I'm gonna support this. Not, to not call them the mainstream media anymore. Just start calling them the corporate media because they're not mainstream anymore. I mean, you look at CNN barely cracks like half of million voters or not half a million, half a million viewers every night. Um, but they're, they're not mainstream anymore. I mean, Joe Rogan gets 11 million downloads per episode. That sounds more mainstream. So stop calling them the mainstream media. Just call them the corporate media because it's corporations who are pushing this media.
Do, 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 do. California has one of the most highest in the California should, GOP should realize that. There was a memo years ago in the early 2000s that there was a memo that was circulated around the California GOP saying, look, it's not going to be a white state forever. So you should recognize that there's going to be more minorities in the Latino and Asian communities. And the California GOP needs to start reaching out and getting those voters into the party now. Did they? No, they didn't. They thought everything was hunky-dory. They were fine. And now look at them. They, they are uh, a fringe party that literally has no power in this state whatsoever. So they didn't listen to their own warning. And now look where they are. If Republicans would actually try and reach out to Latino and Asian communities, they would agree with the values they're trying to promote. I agree. It's not even Dem versus Republican. As long as the candidate has a good platform, I will vote for a good moderate Dem. Yeah, that's another thing, too, that I've advocated for here. And a lot of people push back and like, ah, oh, how'd you vote for a Democrat? Um, well, when my choice here in San Diego for mayor was uh, Barbara Bree, who came from the private business or private sector, uh, was totally focused on more private investment and, and building more business here in San Diego and turning San Diego into the, she wants to turn into the biotech center of the world. She really wanted to do that. She wanted to bring more of these biotech companies to San Diego, which would create more jobs, which would make it San Diego more affluent and more successful. Sounds good to me. She was all about private investment, bringing in more private business. Compared to Todd Gloria, who we have now, who is a far left radicalist who fights the culture wars and is all about everything that distracts people, but he doesn't do anything. So at the end of the day, uh, I voted for the moderate Barbara Bray. I fully supported her. Um, I think she was worth it. And I think a lot of people have to get off their high horse. And if there's two Democrats in the race, don't just go, I'm not voting for either of them. Vote for who's the more moderate Democrat, you know, and Honestly, Republicans could help themselves if they really cared about this state. They could throw a little support behind these moderate Democrats and be like, look, we don't have a dog in the race, but if we were to support somebody, we would support this moderate Democrat because we believe they're a little bit better than the other Democrats. So, <laughs> uh, the Dems get away with uh, with LAUSD because many immigrant Latino parents, they're waiting for their parents to put down payments. I'm assuming that's about the, the houses. Uh, hell no, we were actually visiting Texas to look around. My kids aren't getting help from me. My oldest is graduating this year with a master's in mechanical engineering, and he's worried. Yeah, I mean, a master's. Imagine you have a master's. And you don't think you you can make it in California. That's terrifying. So my family came to California to give us an opportunity for a better future. And I want to be able to do that for my children. That's the American dream. That right there. That's that is the American dream in a nutshell. This is why local elections are so important. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I will admit I, I thought M, MTG, as they call her was a little bit of a looney tune. Um, but when I, I heard her on Tim Pool, she was on by herself. I listened to the whole podcast. Um, I was impressed with her. I was like, damn, we need like we need like a crap ton more MTGs in Congress because she's out there. She's she's screwing stuff up. And I love it. Making Nancy Pelosi mad. There's this whole story about how um in the first one where she was all by herself. Uh, and this one with Thomas Massey is also very interesting. Uh, you should listen to this one as well. They're just revealing everything that goes on behind closed doors in Congress, and they just they don't care. They're just they're just blowing them up. Um, but she had this story about how she wasn't on any committees, so she really didn't have anything to do. She went down to uh, the hall where, where everything, the floor of the the house. And she noticed that they were voting on stuff. And she goes, I don't remember voting on this stuff. And I don't know what it is. Um, and she asked, I guess, the parliamentary or whatever, what was going on. And they said, well, these are all like voice votes or proxy votes or stuff like that. Now, she could call for a recorded vote. And that would require them to call every congressman wherever they are. Uh, out of meetings, out of lunch, out of their office, and they would have to come down to the floor 
and go through the vote one by one, all 450 whatever members. And she kept doing this. And to the point where Nancy Pelosi was pissed off, even people in her own party were pissed off and they were like, uh, you know, Marjorie, you got to stop doing this because people don't want to be on the record for what they voted for. And she was like, excuse me? So she's still doing it. So good for her. Um, bum, 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 bum. They make her sound loony, but she's passionate about her convictions. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll admit, I, I was, I was under the influence. She was kind of a loony tune, but she's got a lot of, she's got a lot of good stuff to say. So I hope she's on Tim Pool a lot. Um, and she really points out like, we hate noodles. Yep, that's the Repo- California Republican uh, motto. We hate noodles. Um, is this his last term, Senator Pan? Somebody asked, do you think he'll be reelected in November? I thought he was terming out. I think this was his last term. So I thought that's why they're making him do all the crazy bills. We need to raise the voting age. I mean, why not? You have all the BAMs in your stream. I Bams are Bams are killing it. Don't screw with mama bears and their kids and their family. They'll they'll get out there and they'll fight. Uh, any thoughts on the Great Reset? Of California's part in it. Um, I I don't know. I, I I think they're trying to push a agenda. I don't know if it's the Great Reset. Um, I think they they overplayed their hand, and I think they'll probably retreat for a while, and they'll try it again later down the the road, but. I don't know if it's going to happen right now. I think too many people are pushing back. Uh, believe it or not, even the Latino gangbangers in L.A. are based. Watch the Peter Santanello YouTube episode. You'll see they need to do outreach. I heard that. I heard that there were some, like, um, I think there's one guy who is, somebody can bring up his name, um, but he's on social media, and he's Latino, and he, I think he lives in like South Central LA and something like that. And he's like all about the MAGA and Trump. And he like talks to people in his neighborhood. And he's like, look, Trump is Trump is good. And he's trying to get people to like listen to him. And I can't remember his name. I, I saw him a lot. I don't know if I see him anymore too much. Um, but do, 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 do. Let's see. You guys are. I love it. You guys are all excited today. Um, do you think the vaccine mandate to go to his kid was actually going to pass? Um, did that? I don't know. Did that not pass? I thought that didn't pass. I thought that didn't come to a some. I thought that that didn't come to a, a vote. It's tough to keep track of all this stuff. Um, do 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 do. MTG, a lot of love for MTG. Uh, okay, well, that move's not great. So I need not just parents, anyone who's fed up. Oh, that's another comment. Let's see. Totally support the BAMs. All about the BAMs. Also, just a side note about the BAMs. There is a, if you go to the link in my bio, the view of the shop, there is a t-shirt or a hoodie. It's a t-shirt, tank top and all that stuff. Um, it says bam and it says badass mom on it. Um, every, all profits of that purchase for BAMs, if you want to show off your BAM and stuff like that, all the profits are going to go to the California Women's Leadership Association. So, uh, I don't get a dime. It's going straight to them to support more California women leaders. So if you want to support California women's leaders, go to my site or go to the shop in my, my bio. Um, and there you will find more or there you will find the bam shirt um yeah i think they're gonna try the the global warming angle i don't know if that will work though can't remember why i followed you but i'm listening well i'm glad you're here so thank you for showing up i caught up to all the comments whoo that was a lot of comments all right Thank you, everybody, for hopping on, um, everybody who picked up a mug and stuff like that and continue to support this channel. 
like I said, it does help. It it goes to uh, purchasing new equipment, like uh, most recently. Uh, your support has helped buy this fancy new state-of-the-art microphone, which creates better audio, which makes the podcast sound better. Um, and all of it goes back into improving this platform. Um, oh, that's a good point. BAM shirts can be purchased and gifted to moms for Easter and Mother's Day. Yeah, that's a good point. And because they are sort of made when you order, it's better if you order them now and just hold on to them. So uh, they are coming. Uh, those holidays are coming up pretty quickly. So, you know, keep an eye on that. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for the support for buying mugs and shirts and stuff like that. Um, all the support is definitely necessary to keep growing the platform because I will say one thing I do. I never spend any money. I have not spent $1 on buying and buying followers. I've never done that. This started all organically. I've never gone to sites that, um, are they made in the USA? I believe they are made in the U.S. I don't know if the I know that they make the stitching and stuff like that are here in the USA and they ship it out from Michigan, I believe. Um, so all the work is done here in the USA. So there are people it's through this uh, company called Teespring. They make everything. So I don't know if they buy the product from somewhere else and then they make it. But uh, yeah, they are made in the USA. So when you buy the shirt, they make the shirt and send it out to you. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I never bought any followers or stuff like that. Everyone who showed up, you found me one way or the other. So thank you for that. Thank you for the support. Thank you for sharing. Um, as always, the podcast, uh, I have an audio podcast, which comes along with this. Uh, that is live every Thursday night on YouTube. And then that's recorded. And then it's always put up on Spotify, Apple, all these different places. Uh, and spread the word. Let people know that who are frustrated, let people know that who are like, the, I don't think there's anything that can be done in California. I think we're just screwed. Send them this way. You never know. Um, I'm, a, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I'm trying to look for solutions. And I'm trying to figure out how we can kind of change and move things around. So with that said, thank you again, everyone, for tuning in for another great Coffee in California Politics. I love all your comments. I love all your feedback. And I love chatting with you guys. And uh, hopefully I'll see you tomorrow night when we have Ray Perez on and we're going to talk about what specifically goes into a county GOP running that and stuff like that. Um, and maybe talk about what things can be do better, what can be done better. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 